Hey, it's me, breakfast. Despite being the most important meal of the day, you might not want to go through the effort of cooking me, but how about to make that process a little more fun while you're cooking, you listen to an episode of this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I'm very happy to announce our charity raffle winners for Raffled Prince. This was a charity raffle that we did through the month of March. We raised over $4,000 for some awesome organizations. You can learn about those organizations at potterlistpodcast.com slash raffledprince. But without further ado, let's announce the winner's fourth and fifth prize, the Wizard on Bumper sticker and the Wizard on Pencil go to Eric Diaz and Galica Salvador. Third prize, which is the pencil, the bumper sticker, and the Gryffindor apron goes to Nicole Anna Keaton. Second prize, which is my annotated copy of Quidditch Throughout the Ages, goes to Jenny Browers. And first prize, which is my annotated copy of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, goes to Thanos. Not that one, but someone who's been a longtime patron of the show. Thank you to everyone who donated, and thank you to our Discord mod, Kevin, who helped facilitate all this. We worked together. Kevin was the one crunching the numbers and taking the emails and all stuff like that, putting together the spreadsheet. So big props to Kevin and big props to all of you for helping us raise over $4,000 for charity. Speaking of raising money, that Kickstarter for the podcast project that I'm hoping to launch, Modern Muckraker, is still live. We are at 83% at the time of recording on April 11th, which is very exciting. If you want to support, you can go to bit.ly slash modernmuckraker and you can learn more about the podcast at modernmuck.com. And finally, we've got some new patrons who joined our team over at patreon.com slash potterlist. So shout out to Squin It to Win It. Carly Beck, Lita Storin, Pia Lindholm, Theseus Lim, and Jan Marsalek. And a huge shout out to our newest producer level patrons, John Saviello and Jody. They join the ranks of Vicky, Christine, Aaron, Clown, Marchismo, Juan, Rosemary, Marie, Elisa, Audra, Eleanor, Nikita, Rachel, Zachary, Alex, John, Noel, Claire, Rory, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Justin, Jacob, Maya, Mark, Polly, Zena, Hardlin, Noelia, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Kafir, Sarah, Marta, Maya, Flor, Georgia, Skyla, Adele, Professor, Threat, Ellie, Michael, Kelly, Kerry, Connie, Jen, Nedry, Will, Marcos, Marik, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Heather, Kevin, Jarl, Peter, Janin, Callahan, Leah, Bella, Melanie, Becca, Rees, Adam, Joseph, Madison, Tonks, Sabrina, Sophia, Farzan, Melanie, Matt, Okamahime, Boney, Pony, Kelsey, Ricky, Taylor, Megan, Riley, Laurel, Erica, Miranda, Kendra, Natanya, Yogan, Darcy, Sandra, Craig, Lior, Demi, Michelle, Henrique, Casey, Megan, Sat, Jack, Sophia, Dane, Robin, Chick, Mermaid, Daddykins, Gregory, Kawkaw, Nina, Ribbon, Brittany, Gavin, Jack, Serenity, Emily, Haley, Sabrina, Jenna, Laura, Gila, Eileen, Annette, Kirsten, Hufflepuff, Brett, Mary, Artemis, Trans People are People, Samantha, Nina, Tatiana, Taylor, Karis, Vomit Spiders, Tony, Joe, Punkfish, Wire Warrior, Catherine. Joe, Michael, Maya, Jasmine, Neely, Tate, Sam, Sam, Adriana, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Butter? Who never find out the hard way that they left the house without wearing deodorant, they always remember to put it on before leaving. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, we've been doing Hogwarts mystery stuff that's been getting very silly, director's commentary, my notes, monthly live streams, and more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 172 of Potterless, the second of five parts covering the most infamous fanfic of all time. My Immortal, guest starring the co-hosts of Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them, Kim Harris and Sequoia Simone. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man who never read the Harry Potter series as a kid. He read them as an adult, and now he's reading the most important thing he could ever read in the history of the universe. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that grown man, and I'm here joined today by two lovely humans, the co-hosts of the Fanatical Fix podcasts, people who contributed to my Kickstarter. Hey, ho, ho. It's Kim and Sequoia from Fanatical Fix. Kim and Sequoia, how is it going? It's very good. It's very good. I uh, finally finished reading this fan fiction, and I am so excited to continue talking about it because, oh boy, is it a wild ride. <laughs> the wildest, the wildest of rides. I'm excited for us to truly continue along the the process of, of going through it. But, oh, what's that? The Kickstarter I mentioned? Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Natural segue. Just because people might skip intros and ad reads, and if you do, it's fine. It's okay, but you might have missed me talking about a new Kickstarter that I've got going on right now for a new podcast that I would like to launch. And that podcast is Modern Muckraker. Modern Muckraker is a show where I'll be playing a character who is fully convinced that he is completing the world's most important investigative journalism by uncovering the hidden truths behind pop culture's most burning questions. But in reality, these questions will be along the lines of when should Spider-Man take the subway instead of web swinging? I'll do intense research. I'll have interviews with highly overqualified guests like physicists to break down the mechanics of 
web swinging, and we will ultimately arrive at an answer for all of these questions. If you want to learn more about the podcast and maybe support the Kickstarter so that it can be a reality, you can go to bit.ly slash modernmuckraker, and that will take you directly to the Kickstarter, or you can go to modernmuck.com to learn more about the podcast. The campaign ends on April 30th, so that is the deadline, but I hope that everyone supports because I really want to make the show, and we're getting close, and thank you for supporting it. I'm very excited. Yes, we're excited too. It's going to be amazing. I just know it. I'm very, very biased, but I, I also <laughs> think that it's going to be good, and I promise that I will work so hard. We just got to get funded, and it's an all-or-nothing thing, this Kickstarter. You got to hit that goal. Yeah. But we're doing all right. We're at 72% as of recording today on Sunday, April 4th. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Go do it. I promise to only shamelessly self-promote like this when I'm doing a Kickstarter for a new podcast project that I'm hoping to launch, which might be a one-time thing, so <laughs> <laughs> don't label me a sellout just yet. <laughs> is uh, self-promotion selling out? I don't think it is. No, I guess not. You're selling out to yourself, mm -hmm. so maybe, maybe I'm selling in <laughs> is what I'm really doing. <laughs> but now that that is out of the way, we can continue our My Immortal journey. Last time we got very far. We got all the way to chapter five. <laughs> we did such a good job going through. <laughs> but Ooh. we're going to continue on unless there's anything the two of you wanted to say before we dive back into this fantastic pool of a journey. Nope. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Chapter six. So the next morning, where did we even leave off? Did anything really happen? Nothing ever happens. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> So where we last left our heroes, Draco and Ebony got caught making love in the Forbidden Forest, and then they didn't get in trouble at it because it's true love. So now it's the next morning. Ebony is eating Count Chocula cereal. Oh which, my goodness. A choice. I don't know, resident emo expert Kim, was this a normal emo phase thing to be like, clearly you must eat the vampire cereal, or is this just a ridiculous vampire joke? I have no idea. I think... Okay. <laughs> It's just one of those moments of beautiful crystalline perfection in this fan fiction. Yeah, I feel like that's what it has to be because because even though it is a Dracula-themed cereal, I don't necessarily believe that a bright, colorful cereal is the most emo, punk, gothic breakfast that you could have. I don't even know if having any breakfast at all is emo <laughs> or gothic, so I feel like it's a joke. Yeah, goths don't eat breakfast. Vampires usually don't eat food. No, Just but, it, the blood. but she is eating it with blood instead of milk, so that <laughs> is true. what makes yeah. it okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. True. You can't have Count Chocula with milk anymore now no. that you know it's a vampire cereal you have to drink it with blood with human blood wow. and only of human course, blood of course <laughs> sequoia <laughs> this is making me think of like if they made a gothic version of count chocula where instead of your milk turning into chocolate or a color like it turns into red it turns into looking like blood like the really intense version of count chocula not only is she eating this with blood but she is also drinking a glass of blood on the side she is just really here for the aesthetic of breakfast and she's really hungry it's the most important meal of the day some people claim <laughs> ebony agrees i wonder if for for a British or Scottish or UK breakfast, I know black pudding, which is just made out of blood, is a thing. So is that the most gothic breakfast you could have? Maybe. Maybe, but this was clearly written by an American. So very they true, wouldn't very know. true. They wouldn't know. <laughs> if they had a Brit friend, it would have been so cool because then someone could have taught them about black pudding. And it could have been like the way I learned about black pudding, which is I ate it first. I decided that it tasted good. And then a Scottish person told me what was in it. Mm -hmm. Then they revealed it was just blood. And I was like, thank you for this being the order of discovery because <laughs> yeah. now I know it tastes good, so it's okay. <laughs> so she then gets bumped into by a boy that I think is Harry, later on mm -hmm. does become Harry. But Ebony thinks that this boy is really hot, so much so that the way that she feels is kind of like an erection, but she's a girl, so she didn't get one, quote, you sicko. <laughs> My goodness, the author calling me a sicko is one of my favorite things. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you see me. I am. Thank you. I was thinking that. There's a couple of times where Ebony brings up a dirty interpretation of a thing that she said that I didn't think of the dirty version, but then she calls you out for uh -huh. being a sicko for thinking of it. And it's pure poetry every time. <laughs> yes, it is. That is something that you find in actual fan fiction all the time is they're like, not like that. 
perv. Huh. And you're like, not like what? You didn't say anything. <laughs> it's like I saw a video where someone was at, I think it was at that Salt Bay Guys restaurant, and he did some presentation where he does a whole shebang, and then it ends with him having food at the end of a knife, and then you're supposed to eat it off of the knife. Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of like hibachi where they throw food in your mouth, but the person at the restaurant refused to eat the food off of the knife because he was afraid it was going to look like he was sucking a dick. It's <laughs> oh my like, God. you got to go through that much work to make everything phallic. That's <laughs> It just seems so stressful to live your life that way. <laughs> oh, I can't eat this banana. Oh, I can't eat this corn dog. Oh no, what do people think of me? That I'm eating food? Like, sometimes food is cylindrical. <laughs> so... Turns out that this boy is Harry, but most people call him vampire now. And it is not because he is an actual vampire. No. It is just because he likes the taste of blood. So now we have a character named Vampire that yes. is less of a vampire than yes. some vampires in the story. Yes. He sure does drink blood, though. <laughs> Indeed. Harry, what are you doing? <laughs> Harry, honey. Yeah, he loves the taste of human blood. He giggled. He <laughs> I love the taste of human blood. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they really explain his backstory and why he isn't necessarily Harry and why he's a vampire. It just kind of says he likes blood, thus vampire. The end. Let's continue. Yeah. I mean, they give pretty much every Harry Potter character a cool goth name throughout this, except for Draco, who does stay Draco the entire time. <laughs> I, I guess his name is gothic enough already. It's yeah. It's kind of cool, you know? It is. If you move the letters around, it's like dark O, so, you know, dark <laughs> is in there. <laughs> so Ebony to Vampire reveals that she is a vampire, and then Draco says that he has a surprise for her, so she goes off with Draco. And now we get into chapter seven, which I think is the only chapter, at least so far for from what I have read, the only chapter with a title. Yes. But this is yeah. chapter seven, bring me to with the number two, life. Yep. This name doesn't really have relevance to this chapter. Nope. So I don't know why this is the one named chapter, but it is a line from an Evanescence song. So I get it, but I'm also <laughs> very confused. <laughs> I did wonder when we saw this one, this is the first chapter title we get. There's a couple more that have been preserved. On fanfiction.net, you can give your chapters titles and the titles will appear in the drop down menu. Mm. I'm wondering if the other chapters had titles that just didn't get preserved in this uh. archive or if this one really was the first one with the title. <laughs> <laughs> it made me really think something dramatic uh. was going to happen. And uh, here's what takes place in chapter seven. Start off with some author's notes where the author is very upset about some Mary Sue comments. Very, very upset. And again, I don't really think Ebony has displayed any Mary Sue type behaviors, but we'll we'll get that in a bit. Draco <laughs> takes Ebony to his room, and then it says, quote, we started Frenching passively, and we took off each other's clothes enthusiastically. Again, fun use of adverbs. <laughs> the enthusiastic removal of clothing, I can see it. I've been mm -hmm. there. Frenching <laughs> passively, yes. I have not been there. I don't understand how one does what <laughs> appears to be a very active move passively. It just I mm, felt strange. Yeah, mm -hmm. she often uses passively, I think, as passionately. Yeah, I don't think she ever successfully writes the word passionately, which it's I am always about. <laughs> oh, that's what, okay. That would make much more sense because I was thinking maybe it's gothic to act no, like you don't well, care about the maybe. making out. Like, I'm too cool for this, so I'm just going to very yeah. casually do this. <laughs> Maybe that's, I think that's Maybe a that's good uh, possibility. Yeah. All right. All right. It's one way to read it. It would just oh. be so strange to have the dichotomy of a passive makeout and then a very enthusiastic clothes removal. Like, oh, this kissing is boring, but I like the part where we're naked. The clothes are the most important part. <laughs> oh, that's true. Clothes are so big in this universe mm -hmm. that if you really want to remove them, it is such a big step because your outfit's so important. Very yeah. astute, Kim. Thank you. So. <laughs> They begin this removal of the clothes, and one thing that does get removed is a black leather bra. Now, yes. I've never worn a bra. It feels like leather, not ideal for a no. bra situation. I would guess feels not, hot. probably. It feels <laughs> sticky. Uh -huh. It feels not breathable. Uh -huh. Yeah. This seems like a bad scenario. <laughs> Unless... The aesthetic. <laughs> the aesthetic, of course, of course. So then they start to do it, 
Ebony <laughs> then sees that Draco has a vampire, so I'm guessing Harry Potter vampire tattoo. Mm-hmm. She gets mad, puts on her clothes, leaves Draco, but he chases after her naked. So, <laughs> all right. And then Ebony, as the narrator says, quote, he had a really big you-know-what, but I was too mad to care. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious, Ebony. She talks a lot about Draco's big you-know-what throughout this fanfic. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? what? One of my favorite things about this chapter is when I was reading it, I was like, you're taking a lot of like logic leaps here mm-hmm. because it could be just like heart vampire. Like I, like I love vampires like you, mm-hmm. Ebony, who are a vampire and myself, <laughs> a vampire Draco. I don't, th- it, it takes a leap to be like, Hey, that guy I met five minutes ago that calls <laughs> himself vampire must be him. We must be. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he definitely would have had this tattoo earlier the last time they took all their clothes off and Frenched. Yeah, that points to my biggest confusion with this. And and we get this as Ebony gets upset at Draco for thinking that Draco had a past relationship with Harry. The whole thing is that if he has a tattoo, unless he got the tattoo last night slash early this morning, Mm -hmm. Draco and Harry would have had to have had a thing way in the past before Ebony and Draco started dating yesterday. (laughs) So it's... Completely reasonable, but we'll we'll see how this story progresses because some of those things get tied up. Ebony's ability to process like the flow of time seems a little iffy. I think mm-hmm, often, mm-hmm. I think it's plausible that she thinks he got this tattoo last night. Both Ebony the character and Ebony the narrator, because sometimes it's just the character not recognizing things, but then also sometimes the storytelling doesn't happen in the right order mm-hmm. slash things get repeated as we'll find later. Yeah. So Ebony goes into a classroom that Harry is in uh. and in the middle of class, she just yells all caps, vampire Potter, you motherfucker. <laughs> the only thing that I did note because I was really trying to think of what the title was. I was thinking is me from the title, the truth, bringing the truth to life. Is that mm. what was going on here? Mm. But that's the end of chapter seven. We go into chapter eight. It's definitely not that it's just a cool song lyric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wake me up. So chapter eight, (laughs) Ebony's friend, bloody, apostrophe in between the B and the L, bloody Mary Smith. Mm -hmm. It did take me a second, but I realized that this character's name is Bloody Mary. Whether Mm -hmm. you're thinking of, say, Bloody Mary in the mirror or Bloody Mary the alcoholic drink, either. Fantastic. Yep. Mm -hmm. Both gothic. Very, (laughs) very gothic. (laughs) Oh, tomatoes for breakfast, gothic. So... (laughs) So Ebony writes, quote, that Bloody Mary smiled at me understatedly, which feels very much like I've discovered a new word in my dictionary. Just, gosh, adverbs galore, and I'm really here for it. So Bloody Mary, we learn, is the Hermione replacement. And there's a lengthy description because basically what... Tara, the author, has done, has has made a Hermione character that is just not Hermione at all. Mm -hmm. So in order to justify that, we get this verbatim explanation. Hermione was kidnapped when she was born. Her real parents are vampires, of course, and one of them is a witch, but Voldemort killed her mother. She still has nightmares about it, and she is very haunted and depressed. It also turns out her real last name is Smith, and not Granger, in parentheses, since she has converted to Satanism, she is in Slytherin now, and not Gryffindor, close parentheses. That's the whole explanation. So her parents are actually vampires. Her mother's uh-huh. actually a witch, so uh-huh. she's not a muggle-born anymore. Her actual last name is Smith. It's so strange, and ultimately, <laughs> none of it matters, uh-huh. but we get the explanation. Yeah, there's just a lot to unpack in that section, honestly. Did her dentist parents, were they the kidnappers? Yeah. Why? I really love that the last name of the vampires is Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very yeah, weird. So I guess good. what it is, is her real biological parents were vampires and her mother was also a witch on top of this Smith family. The Granger family are now evil dentists that kidnapped Mm -hmm. Hermione (laughs) and told her that she was not a witch until she found out she was a witch when she got the letter to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. I also love that all Satanists are in Slytherin. Yes. Right. Naturally. Just really driving home what we do learn from the books, which is that all the book Slytherins are bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think Vampire explains, but 
it's written in a way that's confusing, but I'm pretty sure Vampire explains that he used to date Draco, and then in parentheses, he is bi, and so is Ebony. New information <laughs> just dropped. Everybody's bi in this every, story. <laughs> every character is bi. You know, I'm not I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but apparently Draco broke Vampire's heart by dumping him for a prep named Brittany. Of course! Her name is Brittany. <laughs> of course. I think it's the other. I think this is Draco's perspective. It's so hard to tell. Because this monologue just happens and it doesn't say who it is. And they just say he and I. So yep. I know Draco does walk into the classroom, even though he's naked to yell as well. So either this is vampire or Draco laying out the backstory. Ultimately, it really doesn't matter because nope. Ebony doesn't believe when they say that they're not dating anymore. So she storms off into the Forbidden Forest, quote, where Draco took my vitality, <laughs> which oh, to call virginity vitality <laughs> is just, so oh, wonderful. Wow. <laughs> Those are the kind of things that to me reveal this to be just a perfect parody because Obviously, this isn't a typo. Obviously, it's not her messing up the word. She is picking an incorrect word on purpose. So she's finding words that start with V that sound kind of the same. And vitality is such a funny choice. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I talked about this last time, but this is one of my other favorite bits that this author does. The wrong word is Tara misspelling this word, but it's obviously just funny. Right. Because, like, how could you possibly get to this word? Mm-hmm. And in the first chapters, also, those, like, misspelled words are often spelled correctly. Yes, yes, and yes. that is what really gives it away. Those are the <laughs> few words that are spelled right in this whole thing. I also have noticed that when it comes to intimacy words, those are the ones that are usually where we get this joke of picking the wrong word. So yeah. any, anything sexual or romantic usually get the wrong word. And just vitality is so funny because it made me think of when they say fatality, when you play Mortal Kombat, it made me think of like when you lose your virginity, that just some voice from the heavens would rain down and say, vitality. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of chapter eight. We get into chapter nine. Whoa, Here is whoa. where the train starts to go off the rails. We learn a lot <laughs> off the bat in the very opening paragraph from an author's note. Number one, Tara has not read all the books. <laughs> no. Perfect. Perfect. She's seen the movies, has not read all the books. Two, the defense of Dumbledore cursing again, citing the headache. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. <laughs> Defends it again. Number three, Snape doesn't like Harry in this version because Snape is a Christian and Harry is satanic. <laughs> and number four, of course, we learn that MCR rocks. Gotta be reminded. That's our author's note. So strong. <laughs> The author's note, so very good. Powerful. Oh, so, 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 so powerful. So Ebony is upset, so upset that Draco would cheat on her. And this is where I am just screaming that it could have been before today, obviously, as we talked about. This relationship could have been pre-existing. Oh, man. He just told you that also? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just doesn't compute. Then someone describes looking exactly like Voldemort, flies up with a broomstick, so not normal Voldemort flying rules, on a broomstick, and the description is, quote, he didn't have a nose, and then it says in parentheses, basically like Voldemort in the movie. And he was wearing all black, but it was obvious he wasn't gothic. It was, and then six dots, Voldemort, which to absolutely ruin the reveal by saying mm -hmm. he basically looks like Voldemort and then reveal after so many dots, like it's an amazing plot twist that it is Voldemort, just, uh -huh. yes, Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that she can tell, too, that, like, he, you might be wearing all black, but you are not gothic. Yeah. There is a difference, and she can tell right off the bat if you're a poser or a prep or if you're actually gothic or if you're just a death eater. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, MCR's face on his robe, so obviously he's, he's not a covered in pentagrams. Yeah, he's yeah. not gothic. It's not pink and velvet on the inside. It's just more black, so it's not truly punk. Yeah, it's yeah. like a square and a rectangle thing where black, yes, it is gothic. Gothic, but just because you are wearing black doesn't mean you're gothic. Mm -hmm. You have to truly wear black in the right way. It has to mm -hmm. be embodied in the proper way. Right. You need some corset stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some lace somewhere. 
So Voldemort uses Imperius, and then Ebony just yells, Crookshanks, yep. and then Voldemort oh falls God. off his broom. Now, is this Tara messing up Expelliarmus and saying Crookshanks instead? Is this Tara thinking Crookshanks is a spell? Is it just a coincidence that she yells Crookshanks and then Voldemort falls off? I don't know, <laughs> but every option is wonderful. They're all good. I think Crookshanks is meant to be Crucio. Oh, okay. okay. Or okay. Voldemort's scared of cats. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crookshanks being Crucio works. It makes sense. It's also very funny that Ebony would throw out an unforgivable curse. The funniest thing about this is that no matter how you interpret it, it is not Ebony calling out for Crookshanks the cat. That is the one definitive thing we know. <laughs> Crookshanks, help! And that is what makes it perfect, is that there's no wrong interpretation. It's like looking at modern art, but the <laughs> most logical interpretation is wrong. Yeah. She throws a Pokeball and says, Crookshanks, yeah. go! <laughs> Crookshanks now, why did we do that? <laughs> now it would have been good! <laughs> so then Voldemort begins to speak, and the fact that Voldemort speaks like he is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai is so funny. <laughs> so good. I don't know why they chose to write Voldemort this way, but it is incredible. He just says thou all the time? Mm-hmm. 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 What? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's supposed to be old? Old-timey? So he's, he's speaking in an old-timey way? But Dumbledore doesn't... What? I can guess it's that, or she just assumes that he's evil, so uh-huh. he has to talk in an evilly way. The yeah. other very intense interpretation of this could be that if all the good characters are satanic and we saw that Snape doesn't like Harry because Snape is a Christian, maybe Mm. Voldemort is the next level of devout Christian, so much so that he says thou and thy and (laughs) stuff like that. Could be that reading. (laughs) He's just really into the the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Voldemort. So Voldemort says, quote, thou must kill vampire Potter. And I love that even though we've given Harry the nickname of vampire, he still gets the last name Potter. It would be like if people called me Shubes Schubert, which (laughs) the only person who does that is my buddy Johnny has me in his phone as Shubes Schubert because one time in college, I was part of a leadership retreat thing. And when I was filling out the form for it, for being a leader on this retreat, I put my first name as Mike, I put my last name as Schubert, and then I put my preferred name as Shubes, kind of like a joke because I figured that the people putting on the retreat are like, ah, yes, Mike Schubert, he's one of the people leading this retreat. Great. But I didn't realize they were using this as a Google form to autofill the contact us situation. (laughs) So they were putting people's names, phone numbers, and email addresses, and they use people's preferred name. So in the booklet on the contact page for everyone at this retreat where 50 plus people were at, it said that I was listed as Shubes Schubert and Johnny has never let me live it down. (laughs) That's very good. But yeah, he's Vampire Potter. And Voldemort knows that he goes by vampire now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the, the information has been disseminated throughout the wizarding world. And Voldemort respects Harry enough to call him by his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> call him by his nickname? I love that Timothy Chalamet movie. Ah, 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 ah. Hey, it's me editing, Mike. I've got jokes too. Now that we're here and we're taking a little bit of a break, let's continue that break with Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Calm. Let's say hypothetically that you are either me, Kim, or Sequoia, and you have been reading and reacting to and commenting on My Immortal, and it's a lot. There's a lot of emotions, and at the end of the day, you want to be able just to fall asleep nice and soundly. What could you do to make sure that happens? You could use Calm. Calm is the number one mental wellness app that will give you the tools to help you improve the way that you feel. You can clear your head with guided daily meditations, you can improve your focus with their curated music tracks, and you can drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. I've really enjoyed guided meditations from Calm. I've really enjoyed sleep stories from Calm. It is nice. It is soothing. I want to check out the curated music tracks. I haven't done that yet. That sounds very exciting. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, so if you want to sleep more, stress less, or live better, you can do so with Calm. And for listeners of Potterless, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com potterless. So go to calm.com potterless for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. It's hundreds of hours of audio, and they add new content every week. So again, head on over to calm.com potterless and listen to 
something that will chill you out after a very emotionally charged day of talking about my immortal today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash potterless. Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So Ebony now realizes, finally, that vampire and Draco could have dated before. So she decides, oh, because I've made this realization, I'm no longer angry at them. And thus, I don't actually want to kill Vampire Potter. That thought took a long time to catch up with her. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kind (laughs) of percolating through her mind for a long time. (laughs) So I just want to read this verbatim from the text. Quote, no, Voldemort, I shouted back. Voldemort, gave me a gun. No, please, I begged. Thou must, he yelled. (laughs) If thou does not, then I shall kill thy beloved Draco. How did you know? I asked in a surprised way. I hath telekinesis, he answered cruelly. And if you doth not kill vampire, then thou know what will happen to Draco, he shouted. Then he flew away angrily on his broomstick. (sighs) Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, good. So Everything's good. fantastic. Yes. The these and the thighs are the great, but I hath telekinesis to say yes. hath instead of have. Mm-hmm. Oh. Cherry on top. Telekinesis, cherry on top. Instead of legitimacy, he's got telekinesis. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, incredible. I do love when they bring in like a muggle weapon. Always funny. <laughs> Never not funny. And what will become a recurring confusion with Voldemort's M.O. here is that he wants Vampire dead. Mm -hmm. He basically says that Ebony has to do it, but doesn't tie this to a prophecy, doesn't tie this to any stakes, does have the threat of I'm going to kill Draco if you don't kill Vampire. But really, the resounding line from Voldemort is that you have to do this. And rather than question it, Ebony just keeps saying, no, I don't want to, which is an interesting (laughs) choice. Voldemort's just lazy. Yeah, I guess. He's just trying to get someone else to do something that he would like done. Doesn't really give a reason. Just you do it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the stuff? If, yeah. <laughs> Honing his telekinesis? <laughs> yeah. If he could get to Draco, he could definitely get to Vampire, but yep. he... 
So good. This in particular feels very much like you could do this yourself if you really wanted to, but I guess he's having some fun by trying to harm Ebony along the way. Mm. So Draco then comes up, they make up, and they walk back to Hogwarts while making out. And that's the end of chapter nine. Mm -hmm. Chapter 10, even more of a doozy. So through an author's note, we learn that Bloody Mary isn't a muggle and she's evil and thus is in Slytherin. I felt like we already knew these things, but the author's note has to clarify this even further. And I don't know if they mean Bloody Mary is actually evil and bad or if it's because of the satanic thing, but we've got two justifications for why Bloody Mary is in Slytherin, so it's a little confusing. Yeah, you're just not allowed to be in Gryffindor if you're satanic. Uh, a character in this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that's the sad thing about losing all the comments is because, like, I would love to know if this was an actual response to people being like, uh, Hermione's not evil and you can't change houses, which it probably wasn't. No, it 100% was a response to comments like that. Have you not? <laughs> oh, right. You don't go look at the comments. I never look at the comments. They're always there. <laughs> This is not how Harry Potter works. (laughs) In the defense of it, Tara just says the exact same things she's already said. So it doesn't doesn't really serve much of a purpose, except now it's the author and not the narrator of Ebony telling us. Oh, my gosh. So Ebony is still shaken up about the whole Voldemort situation, and she's even shaken up while in band practice for bloody Gothic Rose 666. Her band. Yeah. When we got to band practice, I was like, yes, I'd forgotten about this. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're in a band. Excellent. Of course we're in a band. She is Amy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> now is where I start to feel Mary Sue-ish about Ebony. But here is how mm. Ebony describes the band. Quote, I'm the lead singer of it and I play guitar, of course. Yeah. People say that we sound like a cross between Good Charlotte, Slipknot, and My Chemical Romance. Okay. Sellout band, intense band, in-between band. Yeah. Got it. The full (laughs) spectrum. You could have just said we sound like My Chemical Romance because that is the midpoint. Oh, my goodness. I just got why she always says that things seem like a pentagram between two things. Because she doesn't want to write the word cross. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. That's good. That's good. Because there are a couple of times earlier where she mentions crosses being used for strange things and then even one time talks about a cross and says that she doesn't want to write it because instead of writing cross, she writes like C space R space Mm -hmm. O because putting spaces in between means she didn't actually write the letter. So I guess that's what she's done. Wow, very nice. That's got layers. (laughs) (laughs) Five of them at least. This is really high concept. (laughs) Oh, woo. So, we continue. The other people in the band are Bloody Mary, Vampire, Draco, Ron, although we call him Diablo now. Yes! Spelled Diabolo this time. <laughs> he has black hair now with blue streaks in it. Obviously can't be a redhead. And Hagrid. Here's what's confusing. Vampire and Draco, people that it doesn't really seem like Ebony has truly met until yesterday, are in her band? Mm-hmm. Hagrid as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. My notes say she acted like she didn't know who Harry was a day ago, but he's in her band. <laughs> How? What is time? The band formed this second. <laughs> <laughs> so Draco and Harry are not coming to band practice. So instead, they are all writing songs. We also learn that Draco is a vampire. Hmm. Wasn't really confirmed before, but now Draco is a vampire as well. So a large portion of our main characters are vampires. Not vampire, though. But not vampire, yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. Vampire's not a vampire. And this is when she says that the only way you can kill a vampire is with a cross, and she does C-R-O- Even though she wrote cross earlier in In the the same paragraph. Yes. (laughs) Noted that as well. Ebony then explains the whole Voldemort situation to Bloody Mary, and then Draco jumps out from behind a wall like he's fucking Hamlet. (laughs) (laughs) Why was Draco spying on band practice? Just come to band practice. (laughs) Exactly. You could have just been there. You weren't busy doing something else. You're here. So, he is upset that Ebony didn't tell him. He calls her a poser, muggle, 
bitch. And then wow. in parentheses from the author, see, is that out of character? <laughs> so I guess maybe people in the comments were saying that Draco hasn't been mean enough to muggles. Yep. So that is bringing it in. Even though one of the three words that he uses is bitch, it feels like from a goth perspective, the meanest thing that Draco said here was that he called Emily a poster. Yeah. That feels like the true blow yeah, from this punch. insult. Really mean. really mean. It's basically the gothic equivalent of being called a mudblood or something, you know? Just exactly. truly, truly <laughs> offensive. So Ebony then cries. And mm -hmm. the narrator says, Draco started to cry too, all sensitive. It's <laughs> just the <laughs> sassiness of all sensitive. Yeah, sensitive. especially right after the line, like where he's really mean and the author's like, is that out of character? And then he immediately starts crying. Yes, immediately <laughs> goes back to this new Draco that has been developed. <gasps> so then despite yeah. all this, they practice for another Hour. Incredible. So then Dumbledore comes in angrily and the narrator says, quote, and I knew this time it wasn't because of a headache. <laughs> oh my God. These are the kind of things where you just know that the person writing this spoof of a fanfic is having so much fun and specifically is having so much fun angering people in the comments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, perfectly infuriating. <sighs> So we move into chapter 11 now. Ebony goes into the bath angrily, of course, and she's playing new band Linkin Park at full volume. So we're, yeah. we're getting a little outside of the purely gothic sphere, but still, yeah. still somewhat tangential. Yeah, this is the reference where I started being like, OK, wait a second. Are you just naming bands now? Because yes. I don't think... <laughs> look, you walk into Hot Topic, you look at the wall of band t-shirts, mm. every single band on there, since it's in Hot Topic, it's fair game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel like Linkin Park <laughs> is like the outer edge of when we start to get into this doesn't make sense territory. Mm -hmm. But at least Linkin Park has got some of the vibes that we're going for here. <laughs> so she sees that Snape is videotaping her. Uh-huh. I guess there's windows in the bathroom that she's in. Yeah, she's taking a bath. And then she gets dressed. And then she, she definitely gets dressed. Gets dressed. Mm -hmm. Because we get an outfit description. We naturally, do. Because she has put on clothes. Therefore, we get an outfit description. Yes. And then they're filming her through the window. And she gets really mad and tells them to stop looking at her naked, even though she's definitely clothed. Yes. We also learn that Lupin <laughs> is, quote, masticating to it, which... <laughs> Again, just like vitality. <gasps> Masticating, for anyone unaware, means to chew. Uh -huh. She is trying to go for masturbating. But the fact that Lupin would be chewing <laughs> at the sense of arousal is <laughs> phenomenal. Obviously, this is very touchy because 17 years old, but I guess adult. But regardless, voyeurism of this nature, not great. Not, yeah. cool. not loving a peeping not Tom cool. situation. But Vampire then comes in and... He comes in and then starts shooting the killing curse spell at them. Uh -huh. It's, of course, misspelled wildly. But my question was, is he in the bathroom or is he outside or has Ebony gone outside? Are they floating in midair? Like, are they on brooms? <laughs> is this on the first floor? I, I have no sense of the setting of any of this. I don't think anyone at any point in time knew where this part was set. Even the author. I think that there is just like a, a big room mm -hmm. with a, a bunch of windows mm -hmm. and a bathtub. And, <laughs> okay. and one of the windows is a door? Yeah. Takes a bath, she gets out, she gets dressed, she puts on six pairs of skull earrings, which <laughs> I think was uh, beautiful. A fun game is how many piercings does she have? Because sometimes it's four pairs and sometimes it's six pairs. So I think six is the highest so far. <laughs> and she can wear 12 earrings at once. <laughs> and oh. then... Harry comes into this room. We don't know where this room is in the castle, no. but it is high enough that you have to be on a broom to be outside the window. Right, right. So it's not anywhere. Yes. I guess Harry opens the window to shoot the spells or maybe breaks the window with the spells that he shoots. I think Ooh, so. Yeah. Also, the entire rule about no co-mingling for boys versus girls just completely out the window. They go into dorms. Harry can just go into the bathroom. He can tell <laughs> just from general yelling of Ebony that he knows the exact situation that's afoot. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes in 
doing there? Guns blazing, <gasps> mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. literally. Well, no. Harry comes in. He shoots this, the killing curse out of his womb. <laughs> yeah, instead of wand, it does say womb. <laughs> it says womb there. <laughs> I think it's important. Oh, <laughs> now, to join along vampire shooting the killing curse at them, Ebony shoots the gun that was given to her by Voldemort at them. Now, Hagrid gets into the mix, but apparently he's a student now, mm-hmm. and he sings a gothic version of a 50 Cent song. I am so upset that we did not learn which one. Just yes. a 50 Cent song. So I guess maybe she's referencing these things like Pop Goes Punk, where bands of a certain genre cover songs that are not in their genre, and then they make them more like theirs. So maybe... In 2003 or whatever, Tara had heard someone do a screamo version of Into Club or something like that. Mm. So maybe that's what's going on here. But this felt like a wild choice for Hagrid to do. But after Hagrid gets into the mix and helps with the shooting of spells at these two hooligans, Hagrid professes his love for Ebony. And that's (laughs) the end of the chapter. (laughs) Yeah, I both really want to hear... Hagrid's cover and really don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, we weren't even told what instrument Hagrid plays acapella. The band. Oh, in the band. Who knows? Because he's in the band. He is in the band. Right. We don't learn what he plays. Maybe it's like Linkin Park where you have a singer and a rapper. Maybe he's the rapper and Ebony's (gasps) the singer. Oh. And they trade back and forth. Oh. Oh my God. And that could make more sense as to why he does a remix of a 50 Cent song. If he's the rapper type in the band, he's doing the rap song. That could be it. This band is so good and terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. So now chapter 12. Through an author's note, we reveal. Through an author's note, we learn that it wasn't Hagrid who was in love with Ebony. It was actually Cedric Mm -hmm. who was not in this scene, but also not in this story, and mm-hmm. at least to where I've read up to, still isn't in this story. Not in the story. Yeah. If she messed Hagrid up for Cedric, she continues to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric has chosen the goth name Hagrid, I guess is what we are led to believe. And it does get confusing because Hagrid is later established as being 17 years old, which makes more sense if it was Cedric because it's like, oh, that's why Cedric is the same year as them. They're supposed to be seniors. Okay. A little different when it's Hagrid, who's supposed to be very old comparatively. Yeah. He's now all the way back to being a 17-year-old student. It's, it is very confusing. It does feel like the two of them have been hybridized. Mm-hmm. They're not the only hybridized characters, but this one is particularly confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Vampire now has scar pain. Ebony says that she thought he didn't have the scar anymore. And Vampire says that Diablo turned it into a pentagram. So instead of a lightning bolt, now it's a pentagram because he's goth, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Vampire covers it with foundation. So he still did have the scar. It's just the makeup made it appear as if he did not. Vampire has a vision that Voldemort has Draco in bondage, of course. (laughs) Ebony is now in the nurse's office and Snape and Lupin are there too, but they're about to go to St. Mungo's due to them being pervs because they couldn't be in the nurse's office with children around. Mm -hmm. And Dumbledore apparently constipated the video instead of confiscated the video. (laughs) And Ebony flips them off in the nurse's office, naturally. Yep, that all happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess the killing curses didn't hit them. Maybe the bullets from the gun did, or maybe Hagrid's spells did some stuff. But they're in general pain, but they have to go to St. Mungo's, not because it's more serious, but because they're pervs. Yeah. I don't even know what to say, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Everything that happens with Snap and Lupin is questionable, I would say. Snap. (laughs) Yeah, Snap. Snap is good. Oh. So Hagrid brings Ebony a bouquet of pink roses. She's very mad. She brings up the video thing (laughs) and the masturbating. Oh my God. Then author's note in parentheses, C, is that spelled wrong? Which (laughs) it is so good. It is so good. It is so, so good. Because of course, all the people in the comments would have yelled at her for this. So to make them even more upset, Uh you kind of get close to spelling the word right, but it's still not right. And then the extra call out 
of C. Is that spelled wrong? Oh, man. <laughs> She's just got the comment people in between her little fingers. She's mm-hmm. got them by a string and she's just playing them so well. <laughs> oh, brings me such joy. Ooh. Oh, man. So Hagrid says that the roses aren't roses and then they turn into a black flame and then that is when the narrator says, now I knew he wasn't a prep. <laughs> He's yeah. in your band, Ebony. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you let preps into your band? Come on. Ugh. I like that he he turns it into a black flame. But before he does that, he does have to warm up his vocal cords by yeah. singing a little bit of an MCR song. He does. Gotta get in the zone. You have to get those lyrics in there. I mean, the, the spell kind of honestly looks like it has something. If you kind of squint, it kind of looks like it might have My Chemical Romance in it. Me chemically romancio. Oh, (laughs) my chemical romancio, basically. Yep. (laughs) So they try looking into the flame to see where Draco is because apparently the flame is now a magic crystal ball. Mm -hmm. It's like seer, gothic seer magic. Through the power of my chemical romance, we're going (laughs) to advance the plot. Uh huh. And Dumbledore, who apparently is here says that they must find themselves before they can find Draco in the fire. And Hagrid gets very upset at this notion that they haven't found themselves, yells at Dumbledore that he has, and Dumbledore doesn't reply. (laughs) He just looks shocked. Yes, and then the narrator says, I guess he didn't have a headache, or else he would have said something back. Oh my god. Continuing to bring back the headaches to anger the comment people brings me so much joy. The (laughs) amount of anger that this person brought into the lives of people reading this genuinely on fanfiction.net gives me so much energy. Tara every day woke up and chose violence, and I thank her for doing so. So good. So good. Oh, wow. So Ebony now is better, all healed up. Of course, another outfit change, lengthy outfit description. This outfit, though, I got a highlight in this outfit. Please do, please do. Puts on high heeled boots with pictures of Billy Joe Armstrong on them. Excuse me? Did she adhere those? Did she clip them out of magazines? Yes. And then did she then adhere them to her boots? That's got to be it. (laughs) I hope that's what it is. So she sees Harry in class. He's not in care of magical creatures. He's in hair of magical creatures, (laughs) which does feel like an elective you could take later on. It's a specific only about hair version of care of magical creatures. Yeah, it's like grooming for magical creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So he is sucking blood from a Hufflepuff, which is interesting because he's not supposed to be a real vampire. Is he just, like, using a straw? Like, what is he using to do this thing? Right, because if he's not a vampire, he doesn't have vampire teeth, so he couldn't do the whole deal. But apparently he's sucking blood from a Hufflepuff. Like, casually, during class, with a straw. No one cares. I guess maybe a Hufflepuff has a bottle of blood and he's sharing it. Maybe this Hufflepuff is a vampire or also likes the taste of blood. But it is weird for vampire, our one non-vampire character, to be sucking blood from a Hufflepuff. (laughs) Hufflepuffs have extra blood. It's fine. (laughs) So then afterwards, he and Ebony make eye contact. They exchange hellos. And then they start to screw. Just in class. In class. In class. What what does screwing mean? I just I guess making love. I guess is, it's sex. Is his boys thingy going in the you know what? Uh, yeah, it's not I guess, clear. I guess. <laughs> we don't get the full description, but we do get McGonagall yelling, quote, stop it now, you horny simpletons. <laughs> Iconic. Yes. McGonagall is so good. She's so incredible. She's really oh powerful God. in the story. So Ebony then starts to storm off angrily because she still loves Draco and Vampire should have known that. So she's mad at Vampire mm-hmm. for having sex with her. Mm-hmm. Did seem like a pretty consensual thing that we had going it on was. here. Definitely was. Mm-hmm. Definitely was. Confusing. But then Vampire's scar starts to hurt. And it is the exact same conversation that happens before where yeah. she says, I thought you didn't have that scar. Says everything the same about Diablo doing the pentagram foundation. And again, we see the vision that Voldemort has Draco in bondage. And then it just ends with an author's note. Hey, Raven, do you know where my sweater is? 
<laughs> and that's the end. Oh, the meta story is going to start becoming more important to me. The farther we go, the sweater more important to us all. The sweater. Where the sweater. is Tara's sweater? Where's her sweater? Couldn't even type the S in is before hitting submit. <laughs> I think maybe this is the start of what is going to become a fight. It kind of seems like maybe Raven didn't proofread this chapter, which is why we get the double up of the the vision. It does set the stage for the tiff that Tara and Raven have. And maybe the loss of the sweater is the cause of the anger. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to round it out, we'll finish on chapter 13. Feels like the most gothic note to end on. (laughs) Not too much going on in this chapter, but we do have Vampire and Ebony running up to Dumbledore's office and they scream Dumbledore, Dumbledore, which the fact that the sentence is just saying his name twice and the second one is spelled incorrectly is fabulous. Just love it. Dumbledore is also just so cute. I love that a lot. Dumbledore doesn't want to help Draco because of Draco's misbehavior. Not really identified what it is, but maybe it's the sex that Draco's been having. Maybe. Also, Draco just kind of, you know, fuck that guy in general. I guess. Yeah, it's trying to set up that Dumbledore doesn't like Draco for some reason. Dumbledore might also be really Christian. We don't know. We haven't been told. He's got a headache again. He's got a headache and he's really Christian. (laughs) But then Vampire has a brainstorm which I guess is like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast, (laughs) but has a brainstorm that they should just teleport to Voldemort's lair, which they do. And then they hear Voldemort screaming the killing curse. And that's the end of chapter 13. Quite a cliffhanger. And that's also going to be the end of this episode of Potterless. A very confusing cliffhanger where they can just teleport to Voldemort's lair. (laughs) Voldemort has a lair. They know where it is. There's no protections. They can just go there and they're there. Yep. And not only can they just go there, it was a brilliant idea that Vampire came up with that they should do that thing. They had the ability to do this at any point in time, mm-hmm. and they're going to go ahead and do it now. But we had to talk with Dumbledore so that he could shit on Draco <laughs> yeah. for no good reason. But yeah, that, that's going to be the end of this next episode about My Immortal. Sequoia and Kim, thank you so much for joining. If people want to find you talking about other fan fictions that aren't this, where could they do so? You can find our podcast, Fanatical Fix, and where to find them anywhere pods are cast. And you can find us on the social medias as Fanatical Fix. You can find me on But Make It Scary anywhere pods are cast or on the social medias at But Make It Scary. Wonderful. Well, thank you two so much for joining listeners. Thanks for listening. And as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, when they are rummaging through all of their belongings, trying to find their long lost sweater, Wizard on. Hey, if you're looking for some more podcasts to listen to, Multitude has got a whole bunch of podcasts for you. And there's exciting things happening with these Multitude podcasts. Meddling Adults, one of the other shows I host, just finished our third season with a whole bunch of illustrious guests. Moya, who hosts Exolord, just got her PhD. Horses Going Strong joined the parties, had some serious drama going through season two, and Spirits has been covering all sorts of new myths. You can check all of that out at Multitude.Productions. Potterless is created by Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Christine, Aaron Johnson, Klaus Lopu, Marchismo, Juan Sanfilio, Rosemarie, Dajmarie, Lisa C. Keen, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Nikita Power, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Alex Consolver, John Cocker, Noel Basile, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Justin Montero, Jacob Parrish, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Kafir Shaltiel, Sarah Shedder, Marta Morrison, Maya Flor Sake, Georgia Davis, Skyla Lilly, Adele Ryan, Professor Threat, Ellie Hoskovchova, Michael David Yordi, Kelly Otilio, Harry Crumpler, Connie Binkowski, Jen Went, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Marco Cepeda, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, The Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Heather Langeal, Kevin Stewart, Jarls Fiven, Peter McGrath, Jan and Rose Dow, Callahan and Darius, Leah Reed, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Becca Spry, Reese Dignan, Adam Graham, Joseph Torp, Madison, Don't Call Me Nymphadora, Sabrina Balsiger, Sophia Loves Pigs, Farzan Jarabat, Melanie DeGrave, Matt Barger, Okamahime, Boney Pony, Kelsey Gillespie, Rike Mangor Jensen, Taylor Payne, Megan Moon, Riley Kitas, Laurel Happy, Erica Butler, Miranda, Kendra Hertz, Natanya Page, Yogan Shanley, Darcy Alexandra Harrison, 
Sandra Rose, Craig McRoberts, Lior Nachum, Demi Lynn, Michelle Spurgeon, Henrika Wolf, Casey Canales, Magan Stempen, Zat, Jack Gitzes, Sophia Leone, Dane Nemcher, Robin Garcia, Chick Parr, Mermaid and her Daddykins, Gregory Hughes, Caw Caw, Mother Feathers, Nina Jazalik, Ribbon Monstrosity, Brittany Harper, Gavin Miller, Jack Parr, Serenity Allen, Emily Quinlan, Haley Hastings, Sabrina Casanova, Jenny Browers, Laura, Hila, Eileen Gazesh, Annette Pipitone, Kirsten R. Cunningham, Hufflepuff alumni, Brett Clausen, Mary Price, Artemis, Trans People or People, Samantha McNamara, Nina Campley, Tatiana Schmitova, Taylor Roberts, Karis Davies, Little Vomit Spiders Running Around, Tony Joe McHufflepuff, Punk Fish, Wire Warrior 4976, Catherine Carolchak, Joe Sander, Michael Peavy, Maya Saunders, Jasmine Ellis, Neely, Tate Sasson, Sam Sam Reby, Adriana Hernandez, John Savieo, Jody, Steve's Nuggets, and Cat Potter. Web design by Kelly Schubert, and the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, and Reddit.com slash R slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, as well as transcripts, you can go to Potterlesspodcast.com. Bonus content lives at Patreon.com slash Potterless. Merch lives at Potterlesspodcast.com slash merch. And that Kickstarter for the new project I'm launching lives at bit.ly slash Modern Muckraker. If you want to help out the show, telling someone that you think might like the show about the show really helps the show. Shoot them a message, say, hey, there's this podcast Potterless. I think you'd like it. Or you could leave us a rating interview online or talk about us on social media. Anything word of mouth related really helps. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Wizard on! Yeah.